Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. The final match in this year's Dairy Public Library annual dodgebook tournament has just ended. We take you live to sports correspondent Dr. John Hellijohn. Thanks, CM. It's the return of the king as Illinois' J.R.R. Toking rides high on their third career championship. The key to the team's success seems to have been the fact that no members can legally drive under the conditions, so they must walk to every match. When I suggested, fly, you fools, the team dismissed the point. I think it's become a force of Hobbit. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, C.M. Alexander, alongside Joshua Khan. Hey, everybody. Benjamin Graham. Hello, constant readers. And today we are back with our final matchup for our March Madness episodes. And Josh, take us through those brackets or something. <laughs> or something. Or I, something. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah, bringing the energy I today. love the energy. <sighs> Let's do It's finals time. Uh, to recap, we have taken the, the second 16, the second batch of 16 books that we've covered on the show. We are whittling them down to our favorite by the end of this episode because we are in semifinals and finals territory. I'm going to do a quick recap of the semifinals and then let's get into it. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Our first matchup, we will have The Outsider versus Needful Things. Then we will have Christine versus The Dead Zone. (laughs) Cell versus It. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And the gunslinger versus the shining. Ooh. Oh boy, can't wait! I don't, <laughs> okay, you guys, I have a special announcement. Yes, I quit the podcast. <laughs> so I'm not doing that. I'm you not do doing all the, the shining editing, versus so I guess we the gunslinger. Quit the podcast oh. also. Uh, well, let's put it out of your minds because it's four. It's three rounds from now. Don't worry, it'll never come up again. Uh, let's. <laughs> Jump into our first matchup of the semifinals, The Outsider versus Needful Things. And to switch it up a little bit format-wise, what I want to ask you with the semifinal round, the leadoff question, is where is the book for you now versus what you remember your feelings when you first read it? Sure. That was a convoluted way to say that because <laughs> no, I, I got couldn't you. figure it out. How have your feelings changed? Yes. Over the year or however long since we've right. read these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who wants to start first? Either The Outsider or Needful Things. So Needful Things, I feel, is eternal. Mm-hmm. That it will always be one of my favorites. And The Outsider definitely had to have increased because when we first read The Outsider... We had not started the Bill Hodges trilogy and reading Mr. Mercedes, I think definitely made me think more highly of the outsider. It expanded that world. Yeah. For sure. There's like a really cool balance in those books between being a detective story, uh, like crime story, mystery, and the supernatural element of it. 
Can I ask you guys something that just popped into my head? Yeah. Do either of you do this? I don't know how to say this in a non-weird way. <laughs> I, so as you're talking, I'm you know listening and also trying to think of like how have my feelings developed about these two books since we've talked about them. And I was realizing that I think about both of them a lot, like just day-to-day things happening, you know, th- things that I reference to these mm-hmm. books and I'm like picturing these images. Then I realized I do that with all Stephen King books. Do you guys do that? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. It's not I'm not like a super crazy fan, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't say I do it like every day. Oh, yeah, me neither. But- <laughs> how often do you do it? I don't know, whenever circumstances come up. Same. I don't know. How- <laughs> you know, the right amount, the appropriate Correct. not weird amount. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, totally. I don't know that I am like throwing out fun little I don't treat Stephen King references the way I treat Mountain Goats lyrics. <laughs> okay, I think I'm, I do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then I'm I'm on the same page as you. Okay. It's fun. Just a different book. Yeah. Okay. Uh what what reference do you find yourself making to either of these in your day-to-day life? I mean, obviously a giant jizz monster comes up every day, so the outsider's obvious. But needful things. What may what Oh, what real world thing ever like makes you think of needful things? Literally anytime I am in a antique or similar <laughs> yep, shop. Yeah. Same. Anytime I see some old like knickknack anywhere, not even in a shop, just like there's a bar downtown in our city and it has a lot of weird shit in it. And it's just got like if gone opened a bar, <laughs> that would be the bar. And then other darker things that I don't like kind of anytime something gross and weird happens, I can relate it to a Stephen King moment. You're in not any wrong book. there for I, sure. I do have to admit that just literally the other day, I don't remember what I was doing. I don't know what the inciting incident of this thought was, but I did just randomly think, okay, right now. If there was a second one of me running around doing nefarious shit, <laughs> when, when is the last time I spoke to? When was the last time I had an actual alibi? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So you also think of George Stark a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it just like suddenly I was like, ah, oh, if I if I had a uh, an El Cuco yeah. uh, out there somewhere. Oh I, yeah, I El Cuco, a, not George Stark. Yeah. <laughs> I I kind of feel like needful things I don't know if I if I have to compare the two I feel like I think about the events of the outsider a little bit more like my hmm. my brain sort of like rests there and imagines more and maybe that is like you were saying Ben because it's part of this other trilogy so there's more that I don't know about it in a way it's it's, it's intriguing and, and needful things is done it's also kind of funny because The Outsider and Needful Things are tangential sequels, essentially, because it's Castle Rock is the culmination of all mm. Castle Rock stories. Mm-hmm. And so there, it, you get the same thing in both where you're getting references from other stories yeah. and things in there. So that's kind of neat. I never thought about it that way before. <laughs> I think Needful Things, is, I have several different copies of Needful Things. I have, it's one of the few <laughs> books that I get. Just every different version of it I can get my hands on. And The Outsider, I, I recommend that book a lot to people, too. So this is a really hard one it for me. Hard. Uh, because, yeah, I think The Outsider, when we first read it, didn't know what to expect and ended up loving it. And 
Needful Things was my very first King book. And Mm -hmm. when we recovered it on the show, I was just so happy the entire time we were covering it. It's still just one of my favorites (laughs) of all time. Should we vote? Yeah, let's do it. CM, you've got the first vote. Thank fucking God. (laughs) (laughs) This was really hard. And I, I have thought about this before we started recording. I've been stressing about it, actually. Thinking isn't <laughs> accurate. I've been stressing about it. And while we were talking, I changed my mind several times. But if I think about which of these two very wonderful and amazing books I would be most likely to pick up again for a reread sooner rather than later, it's The Outsider. Interesting. So I'm going to go with The Outsider, but I'm not going to be mad with what ends up happening. <laughs> ben? I, I'm glad that we're going to make this difficult on Josh. <laughs> I, have to say, I don't think it's going to uh, be difficult need, for the, the Outsider <laughs> is really good. I, I would be, uh, I want to, once we go through and finish the Bill Hodges trilogy, I would really like to read The Outsider again and then the continued adventures of Holly. But Needful Things is quintessential. It, it is uh, what King does best, in my opinion. Uh, the big town-wide calamity. Uh, it's it's so good. Uh, I'm I, I'm gonna go Needful Things. Also, it uh, for almost the exact same reasons Ben stated. There, he, King does so many books. We we talked about uh, Tommy Knockers being kind of a. Um, prototype for what a story like needful things would become because I, mm-hmm. I love when he does the whole town stuff it fell a little flat for me with salem's lot but it there it's a strong trek upwards yeah. for all that and needful things is just the the amount of stephen king moments that exist mm-hmm. in that one story mm-hmm. is so many and it's so wonderful all right needful things is advancing next we have christine versus the dead zone CM, do you want to pick one and kick us off? That's weird. Christine moved on? Huh. What? Oh, Ben. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Weird. How'd it be? <sighs> What'd it be? <laughs> Christine is like a rock and roll song. It's, it's fun. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. It doesn't drag to me in any way. And it gives very memorable characters that have... Memorable experiences. Was this your first? Uh, remind me if you guys remember uh, Christine and Dead Zone, uh, either of them first reads. No, not for me. Uh, for first you, for finish. You. First for finish for Christine. Yes. Yeah. And you had read Dead yes. Zone before. Okay. We had, Ben and I had Teenage Nostalgia Dead Zone, yes. which didn't hold up. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, I see him, you since you brought that up, how, how does that, <laughs> that nostalgia, since this is. A book that was pre-show, where are you at now? That's so hard for me. It's a little bit disappointing to read something that had been built up in your mind as just this really amazing story. And I think it's the, to give the book credit, it is the strength of these very fascinating concepts that are woven into it, whether or not it quite pulls them off the way it possibly could or I want it to it's still I can still get something out of that that I appreciate even if my feelings about it did kind of diminish since my first read Ben where are you at now uh well my main thing is that while Christine I had problems with it's not 
a perfect book by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I had strong feelings about the book. Yeah. Mm. Dead Zone in my mind was boring. Mm-hmm. I looking back, I'm like, I I don't want to go back and revisit the dead zone because I think it'll just be like, okay, I get it. I I get this book. Christine, even going back and rereading it, I think I would enjoy it more even if I don't really care for it all that much just because it's it's a little wilder of a book. Yeah, for sure. I So I am at kind of a weird place in that of the two, if I were to give another one of these a reread right now, I think I'd pick Dead Zone, even though I did not enjoy it for the show. I'm wondering if this is going to be one of those books that has a high return uh, Mm -hmm. of revisiting it, knowing what's going to happen, Mm -hmm. because we've talked about it before on the show. Sometimes it is hard for us to read. uh, We have to read more critically than we would if we were casually reading because Mm -hmm. we know we're coming in to discuss stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if, because I remember so many of those highlight Wait. moments from Dead Zone. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, personally. It See, but you could be falling into the same trap Ben and I were in, because the first read through, you don't know where the fuck it's going or what's happening. And then the second time through, you've remembered these highlights and forgotten all the stuff in between that drags. So I think what my what slowed me down with Dead Zone is that it's it was one of those books that I felt like I made too many notes about stuff that was not mm, important. Okay. And so I'm wondering if I slowed my if I slowed myself down, yeah. which made the book drag, mm. which impacted <laughs> that feeling, or if when I've given it enough time, will it be a more enjoyable read? Because I kind of I know I know the next beat I'm looking yeah. forward to, mm-hmm. and I can just see what I, I missed. Maybe I, get I don't the, know. I feel like I'm doing that right now with Doctor Sleep. Yeah, where I am letting my brain get ahead of the book yeah. instead of just like reading the book and experiencing it for <laughs> the book that it is. Yeah, I'm like trying to dissect every little thing and like compare and contrast every little thing. That's and it's kind of I, I feel like I'm getting in my own way a little bit. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's so hard being coming up as the sequel of The Shining yeah. when that mm-hmm. book was was a book that you break down moment by moment to catch every little thing. So that's that has definitely a specific challenge. Anything else you got? Anybody wants to say about either of these? No. All right, Ben. I can't believe it. Christine, <laughs> uh, I, I think it just for the by virtue of being a more interesting book. I, I think Dead Zone is a cool premise that is not used. Uh, like, once you know the the twist of uh, what happens with Greg Stilson, it's just, that's mm-hmm. it. I, I get it. Christine is like, oh, it's a crazy book about a haunted car. <laughs> that's just so much more kingy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to go Christine also for sure. I'm also going to go Christine. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Christine. Can't believe it. If we, when we sat down around this table and I said, uh, we got a new Patreon selection series pick. It's Christine. 
and Ben's face. Uh, I was, and he was so, like, I have to finish that. I was like, Fuck. Now, right. flash forward. Would you, if I had back then told you, Ben, someday you're going to pick this to advance to the semifinals Above of the March the Madness. Dead zone. Just in general. Yeah. If I had told I, you, <laughs> who knows? You will rate this high enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I. this is the matchup everyone's excited for Cell <laughs> versus It. Let's talk about the merits of Cell, guys. What what does Cell have that It doesn't? Okay, Cell has some of the scariest moments King's ever written. It has a big shape-shifting clown. <laughs> I love all the characters. Ben, Ricky, or Richie, Eddie. What? That's R- uh, you're ta- That's the other one. You have it backwards. Mm, what's Cell? <laughs> Cell's the phone one. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> That was a bad book. Uh, can can you think of anything that Cell that Cell could have over it besides low pa- page count? I can think of one thing. It's the phoners themselves. This group of uh, this is gonna give it away. Why I like it, Borg-like <laughs> people yeah. mm-hmm. who are evolving. It, yeah. And it's that I am like legend. Borg. It's like that <laughs> I am legend thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part of it, setting aside literally everything else about the book, is a really, really cool idea. Because usually when you have a, a story like this and you have this mass of sort of like mindless killing machines, there's no character arc for them. They are mm. just a nuisance. And then typically you find that it's actually the other humans who are a bigger threat and you still have that in this. But I just... The angle of them evolving is really cool to me. I I do love an apocalypse story. Yeah, it's I got that too. I fucking love an apocalypse story, and it certainly it doesn't have that. What? <laughs> <laughs> it has Im- several implied apocalypses <laughs> that are attached to it, but it is not an end of the world story in and of itself. Good villain, Harvard sweatshirt. <laughs> a very relatable villain I'd, very iconic I, I think I pitched either in the last episode or one of these episodes a version of Cell where it is told entirely from the phoner's yes. perspective yeah. and I want to read that book so badly Yeah, but that that's not the book your idea of that unfairly makes me like the book a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are what are the advantages of it over cell? <laughs> Literally, do we, <laughs> do we need to? <laughs> I just if you want, this is your time to punch down. What, it, what is there to say? It is the please, t- <laughs> like t- compare and contrast this steak with a bowl of kibbles. <laughs> like why I'm everyone gets that the steak is good. <laughs> I get the first vote on this. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Sam? Oh, sell all the way. <laughs> it's it's got to be it. Don't make me choose. <laughs> it. Uh, let's, not waste that, the yeah, viewers, let's not waste the listeners' time. Yeah, nobody nobody would fall for the fact that there would be a reasonable discussion of these I, two. Hey, I gave it a good effort. You did. You answered the question, and it was a correct answer. <laughs> but I, it's just uh, Borg versus literally everything else. <laughs> It's yeah. not a not a tough matchup. Now let's get to the one that. Remember when that guy has a dog's head in it? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. 
That was cool. There were no <laughs> people with dog heads in cell. It's true. <laughs> I was gonna say this is just what, what turning uh, discussing it would turn into. <laughs> remember that one part? Hey, remember, remember that, that one part? part? <laughs> that one part. Um, that the matchup that I've been waiting for since this. we got it lined up. The gunslinger <sighs> versus the shining. No. Uh, here, here's I just because I know the listeners want it because I want it. <laughs> I want. CM to lay down her argument for the gunslinger and Ben to lay down his for mm. the shining. I want it so bad. Swing me. <laughs> I you could have reversed that. I could and have. I would be just yeah. as yeah, upset. Exactly. Absolutely. I know. Okay. The gunslinger, for some reason I cannot explain in my mind, is okay. Oh boy. Oh, we're about to get crazy here. Okay, you know the turtle. Yes. Who has the world on his back? Matron. To me, the gunslinger is the book upon which Dairy Public Radio is built. Interesting. I don't yeah, all right. I, like does that make sense at all? Like it is our turtle, even <laughs> though uh, No, continue. I don't know. It's just something I, I guess it's just the and again, we talked about this before. I cannot, and I know it's unfair, I cannot separate the gunslinger. From the, the Dark yeah. Tower series. Absolutely. I, I'm trying really hard to. I can't. I literally cannot. Mm. So everything I'm saying is definitely taking into consideration the entire world. And it was such it was such an important book in my life when it mm. came into my life and has given us just so much in the King world. I feel like Absolutely. it deserves just massive respect I, I know this is cm's time but i do have to add on that like i i understand what you are saying because i do not believe without the dark tower as a whole that this podcast would exist because like i liked stephen king but the dark tower is what birthed the obsession yes yep exact same and, mm. and that's that's true for other authors I really like who have a a series that astounds you and breaks your heart and just opens your eyes to things that storytelling and books can do. Mm-hmm. Make it it made me a reader. Like I was yeah. already reading Stephen King and I was interested, but it made me a reader. Uh, that's my argument. Perfect. <laughs> ben, The Shining. Um, The Shining is one of the best books ever written. It is uh, astounding. I, it, I, I, I'm struggling because <laughs> okay. what else? It, it, just like it, it it's just going to be me going over the things I said a thousand times in in our episode. Uh, it, well, I guess narrow it down. What does it have over the gunslinger specifically? Over the gunslinger, it is its own story without a sequel. Um, no, no, but like it it stands alone. If we are judging these two books, these two books are going back to back. Mm -hmm. I understand, CM, that you can't separate Mm -hmm. it from the greater works, but if we should be, (laughs) is basically what I'm so hard. Absolutely. And, (laughs) And taking these two books on their own 
I, I, The Shining is just a better book because you give the gunslinger to any normal person <laughs> and they're going to be like, what in the entire hell? Or and just, oh, yeah, fun kind of Western yeah, book. Cool. But the, the Shining you can give to anyone and it's going to affect them. Only counter argument I have. And sorry, Josh, it's your turn. Say it with me, guys. The man in black <laughs> across the desert and, and the, the gunslinger, gunslinger followed. Great. Now flip it. Ben, tell me <laughs> what the gunslinger has over the shining. CM, you tell me what the shining has over the gunslinger. Bossy fucker. <laughs> uh, the gunslinger is so wonderfully goddamn weird. <laughs> I yeah. love... Uh, one of my favorite things, I don't know if y'all, well, we've talked about uh, weird fiction on the podcast a lot, um, going back to talking about Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the genre of weird fiction. Yeah. And I think The Gunslinger is like proto-weird fiction. It's a Western. It's fantasy. It's vaguely sci-fi yeah, it is yeah. you never know there are demons what there's a why <laughs> sure okay <laughs> i'm a big well fan yeah i got it um <laughs> it, it, it's just such a strange story um which yeah, i tickles me in a very specific way i i love it sam not to repeat what Ben said, but The Shining is literally perfect. It is written beautifully. It tells a hauntingly tragic and somehow beautiful story. And I would say what it has over The Gunslinger is fantastic characters. Mm. People mm-hmm. who are so fucking real Mm -hmm. every moment they have every experience they have even the wacky ones everything they go through is so real and so applicable and the messages in the shining are so deep and complex like you could and people have analyzed and just talked about it for days also the shining granted uh, we've we talked about it when we covered on the show, like the adaptations. Yes, the Kubrick is not a faithful adaptation, but it is a masterpiece with taking the themes and things from that and mm-hmm. making something unimaginably great. Uh, and then we also have the the miniseries adaptation, which was a more faithful, which shows that a real adaptation of it strongly could work. Sadly, we got the dark tower movie but that's not important that's neither here nor there (laughs) uh i think it's time to vote cm you're up first josh did you want to no i wanted i wanted you i wanted you to 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 fight over my soul and then the audience we'll see we'll see if it makes it to me as a round three it's up to you guys i guess if it makes it to me do i have to go first you do it is your turn but can we change the rules so i don't no we cannot For the, for the listeners, you, uh, I hope you leave this pause in and everybody yeah. looks at their phone because I want the listeners to know that we just saw CM really struggle through a moment that just shows how hard this choice is. Head in hands. <laughs> I, I feel like everybody, I hope you, if you aren't driving while you're listening to this, you should also be covering your face with your hands. It's tense. 
I have never hated a moment in <laughs> one of our episodes more than I hate this one because I literally don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know which I don't I'm torn between like what my heart feels and what my brain knows, but also my heart also feels like <laughs> And now I'm just like, I'm not even saying things that no. make sense. When it comes down to it, <laughs> I hate this. I'm so sorry. This is making there's, me sick. There's no wrong answer, CM. No one's going to be mad at you. What's amazing is the pause. It made it sound like she was going to say something. <laughs> she was going to give an answer, and then she just started saying more things. What? They, and they weren't important. <laughs> they didn't further my... <laughs> okay. I am going to regret my answer no matter what. It can't be both. It can. God so. damn it. Okay. <laughs> Can't both teams win? Sometimes I really need to teach Sam how March Madness works. Okay, with a very upset now stomach and (sighs) my eyes welling with tears, I'm going to have to give it to the book that is (laughs) simply... (laughs) Shut up. I'm not doing it on purpose. (laughs) I just, I want people to know I'm really, I'm trying really hard. (sighs) The book that is objectively you are, you're crying. You are crying. Objectively, just one of the best books written, and it's The Shining. Ben, oh. ben, what do you got? I. We can still be friends. <laughs> you're, you're, she's not, not with the gunslinger. She's, look, she's looking at the guns. The, gun, yeah. the gunslinger. <laughs> the framed picture of Roland Deshane. Yes. Yes. Literally. It's right there. Yeah, Drew. Okay. We never shared that on our socials. We should share that on our socials sometime. I. Okay. And I can't. I can't waffle because we just gave CM so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, howdy, I. <laughs> See, the thing is, I, I don't want to rob you of your say, oh, Josh. I'll give my say at the end, no matter but what side I, it comes down on. Th- I think, okay, so the thing it is, Can we take a walk. I, I mean, a water. Um, I I want to do the tie and make you uh, make you be the one to call it, Josh. I think The Shining's the right answer, though. I, I have to say The Shining. I, I'm sorry. The Gunslinger, I will fight for this book. Anyone that says The Gunslinger's a bad book is wrong. I love it. But The Shining is, uh, it's just one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. I think the the only way this argument changes 100% in the other direction is if it's the Dark Tower as a whole. Yeah. Of obviously. course. Obviously. And, and that again, changes like, it's, things. it's so hard with... Horrible March Madness idea series. So Dark Tower series versus... Um, the Bill, Bill Hodges, Hodges trilogy. trilogy. Mm. Versus... Oh, that, why waste everyone's time? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Dark Tower is going to win. Uh, but I would also... I would, I would go The Shining... Ooh. It's yeah. It, it it's it's by a hair. <laughs> yeah, but I hated that. I hated. I this was not a bit. I hated that. <laughs> I saw you physically have go you ever through seen a journey. Me in more emotional turmoil. I have not. I, I was worried there were be there would be tears. <laughs> Glad you made it through. <laughs> Proud of you. Do you need to call halftime? No, no. It's just. <laughs> 
We're going into the finals. Or the, well, sorry, What's we, we, we were at the, we were to at the, do after this? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I lied. We were at the quarterfinals. Now we're at the semifinals. And then we'll get to our finals. Okay. So uh, our first matchup in the semifinals, we have Needful Things versus Christine. Should we just like vote at this point? Or I, yeah, there... I feel like this is going to be a short episode because, yeah, I, <laughs> I agree that what more is there to discuss? You, you want to let's just Ben vote. Uh, needful things. Needful things. Christine. <laughs> ah, interesting. I love that book. I don't. It's just well. It then you me. just wasted your chance to argue for it, CM. You could. Oh this please! Was your... Like I was going to be able to argue against the book Ben forgot he hated, <laughs> and is not your first read and favorite book yeah, of all time. No, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but maybe the listeners would have been interested in in your take on it. Uh, greasers, shitters. I have <laughs> I have brought shitters into my vernacular. I, I use it. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, can can we talk to someone in publishing and get the book Ben forgot he hated <laughs> on, the, on the book jacket for Christine? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to this matchup: It versus The Shining. Where to even start? here uh i i put you guys through the ringer okay. with yeah, the last you, one you, you go for so it so i i'll start things off um man these they're two titans mm-hmm. of king books they these are the most well-known probably the most often parodied ver things of stephen king when you think stephen king these are two you think of so it's it's impossible uh it is so massive but it is never overwhelming Mm -hmm. and to me that is the biggest strength that it has over the shining the shining over it has it has incredible characters don't get me wrong but i i find jack torrance so compelling mm-hmm. as a character. It is, it's so easy in other books to uh, the very clean lines of who you root for uh, and your protagonist and antagonist. All the time I struggled with wanting Jack Torrance's redemption arc. I wanted there, he was so close to making the right decision and he just missed by one so many times. And I find that so much more interesting than while I do love the losers, having their characters completely split from child and adult. While there are some bridges with those characters, Mm -hmm. it is fundamentally two full sets of different characters in different places. And so for that reason, I think that just on the level of character, The Shining has has the upper hand there. For me... When I think about The Shining, I get a, I get like a physical feeling mm. of kind of being alone and cold. Like the book actually makes me feel a certain way, and not many books have done that. Only a few mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm at the Overlook. It's a very like almost tangible sensation, and it's because it is just so absolutely beautifully written. Mm. Like I cannot overstate that enough. Or describe the amount of importance I place on something just being 
well-written because it takes Cell, for example, which is not well-written in my opinion. Really cool concept, really intriguing ideas. If it had been as well-written as The Shining, imagine that story. Yeah. It, when I think of that book and those characters, it makes me feel like a stormy day followed by a summer spent out in the like the uh, moderately wooded area it just Mm -hmm. gives me like this vibe of like being a kid and outside Mm -hmm. so like oddly they both immediately like bring to mind a physical sensation for me nice comparing these two specifically my immediate reaction was or my my immediate thought was to judge them against each other based on how scary they are how horrifying they are because these two are not only the most like iconic king books in my opinion these two are the two books that are the most outright actually scary books yes they, these two books have the most moments that make me actually want to put the book down Like, uh, and this is why immediately this first thought I have to throw out because even like they are both (laughs) scary in very different ways. Like it is scary in the monster movie way where there's a real scary thing Mm -hmm. out there and it's going to get you. And The Shining is scary in a more dreadful way like real life kind of way even though there are ghosts there are kind of monsters in there too it's amazing yeah Yeah. so so really the that's a wash and then i was like okay well which one is more fun to read (laughs) (laughs) that's not really it because like it is more of a you know beach read Honestly, it, it is more of like a. It makes me think, CM, uh, like you, it, summer. It, reading it on summer vacation or something. <gasps> one is summer, one is winter. Yeah, and, <laughs> and The Shining is not a fun read by any stretch of an imag- <laughs> imagination, but it's also such a. It's such a good read mm-hmm. that you have fun being miserable if you're a weirdo like me that likes stuff <laughs> that makes you feel bad. So, so I kind of have to throw that out too. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I I I think this is harder for me than Gunslinger and the Shining because the Gunslinger, it's like what it represents to us, yes, not necessarily its own merits. <laughs> yes, because yeah, like it. I could, there is a, a definite difference. I could just say which one is the technically better book, and I think these are both just as a standalone book. Astounding. It's, yeah. How, how do you choose? I For your sake, you better hope we choose because you're the third Fuck. pick in this round. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Be decisive, this is, you two. Okay. Because <laughs> otherwise it's going to be a long episode okay. after Okay. I've made my decision and I can't explain why. Actually, you know what? All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with it. And the reason I'm going with okay. it is because... Ben, everything you said, very true of those things that are all awash because they're both incredible. But the high highs of the wins in it that you get to share, the victories you get Mm -hmm. to share with the losers help make the roller coaster of the entire book Mm. feel 
more fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's that more range. I feel Mm. like, and so yeah, I think I think by again by a hair, I'm going with it, Mm. Sam. This one is hard too. It's not emotionally devastating, (laughs) but they're they're both very well written Mm. and very important stories and things that stick with you whether you want them to or not. For me personally, I think there are like in in it despite all of the really awesome things, there are moments that kind of dip and drag a little bit like imperfections that are not bad at all. Like imperfections in a book are totally fine. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of a single moment, paragraph, sentence idea, imagery in The Shining that doesn't land perfectly. So I'm going to have to go with The Shining. Fuck! Sorry, Ben. I'm so sorry, Ben. Uh, no, actually, uh, CM, I think you you won me. I, okay. <laughs> At the risk of uh, letting the audience in on the fact that I kind of had my choice for what should win this bracket set at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) This is very close. It is a hard decision, but the shining is, uh, I, I, the more I think about it and I've been, I, I think I've thought about the shining a lot Mm -hmm. since, since we read it for the, uh, for the podcast. And even more recently, since we are currently reading, uh, Doctor Sleep, and just every single time my mind wanders back to the Overlook, it is really it, it affecting. Fuck, it's a mm-hmm. good book. It's The Shining. I yeah <laughs> yeah. That's that's a tough one, man. That's... Th- th- this final, you are going to have to do oh, some selling. I think, Josh, because uh, I I have a feeling I know how the voting's going to go. <laughs> And you got your work cut out for you, friend. <laughs> the time has come. It is the finals. Needful things versus The Shining. Here's the thing about what's amazing about Needful Things is that it is a journey. It is, I've said it a thousand times, it is the perfect set of dominoes from the very first customer that Leland Gaunt interacts with. Brian Rusk, that that meeting and the Sandy Koufax card is such an amazing scene. And that one scene alone tells you the crazy journey you're going to be on. I talked about it before. I have the list of every transaction from Needful Things and what the Mm -hmm. item was, what the cost was and what the cost was. Mm -hmm. And seeing it laid out this way is it makes me want to make one of those uh, murder boards with yeah. wine because it's so complex and it plays out so perfectly. You have, yes, The Shining is, no one can say The Shining isn't perfect, it, it, but it is. It is a, a, a closed set. It is, it is a finite space here with needful things all of castle rock is in play all of the citizens of castle rock are in play and almost every single one of them are on the board the entire book and when you see the masterpiece when you see the 
the push of the first domino and you start making the connection of every piece of this book that you have read moment by moment in the span of the last hundred pages all come together in this knockdown one after another leading to the destruction of one of the most iconic towns in King's world and the amazing villain of Leland Gaunt that he's just, I, I want to see so much more of that villain and that mastermind style of villain is just so my wheelhouse. And that is my argument for needful things. I have to make a, take a strange tour here for a minute to go back to it because I think it's fair to, because it and needful things are very similar in mm. that they are this very large story with a lot of characters and very well done and everything just sort of falls into place, Josh, like you said, at the dominoes. What Needful Things has over it is the town is much more like an active character mm -hmm. than Derry. Mm -hmm. For me, I feel like we have more active town stuff about Derry in other works. Or maybe it's just like Derry becomes more real as a whole when you take into account multiple books, not just it. So I think the town as a character is a leg up there. Oh, but it just made me think that uh, in it, the town is a, is basically an antagonist, but in Needful Things, the town is a protagonist. <laughs> the thing about Needful Things, other than it being really fantastic and amazing, that doesn't work for me as well as The Shining, for example, is it is more of this, I wouldn't call it lighthearted, but in comparison, like you have these, just the whole concept of it, like the stranger coming into town, he's mm -hmm. making people pull all of these pranks. It, if not done correctly, it's like this comedic circus of strange circumstances, mm -hmm. circumstances all culminating in, like you said, this like huge destruction, which doesn't quite tickle like what I want out of a story as much despite it being good and I'm only criticizing it for that because I have to criticize it for something because I have to make an <laughs> argument but my vote's gonna go to The Shining uh -huh. are we voting? apparently oh sorry uh, well okay <laughs> so y'all ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? yeah no. yeah I fucking love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy it's such a funny like if you haven't read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy recently, go go reread it. I've seen the adaptations. It's so goddamn funny. I I've never read a book that makes me laugh out loud as much as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's weird. It's got all kinds of sci-fi elements. It's great, and uh, it would take. And uh, personally, I have a deep, deep personal love of the book uh it, it holds a deeply special place in my heart and it would take that level of uh passion and excitement for a book to get me to vote over the shining um <laughs> i was not sure where you're going with that. It, it, that was a roller yeah, coaster yeah the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy I, I was just like trying to think i was like trying to think of a book that I could make me as much as we've talked it up this episode mm -hmm. in this moment that would make me go, yeah, that I would pick that over the shining and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy could make me think that needful things is great. 
but I don't feel the way for it that I the needful things rather that I do about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or my vote. <laughs> the Shining. It's it's the best book we have read in sixteen books. <laughs> if not, yeah, it, it's top two. I, top two. I'm gonna give my vote to Needful Things with the knowledge that I know the Out right decision was made. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, you're oh, I messed it up because you should have voted first. And you might have had to do what I had to do, which was vote against one of my favorite books. <laughs> like the book that was my first, well, not my mm-hmm. first, but one of my first and near and dear to my heart. But. One of these days, you'll learn how the rotation works and you'll see how this plays out from <laughs> the very beginning. I just so excited. Every single year. <laughs> every single year I vote early. No, every single year the rotation's the uh, same. Every single year I don't remember the rules. <laughs> yes, yeah. that okay, is gotcha. more accurate. And that is it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. For Joshua Khan and Benjamin Gam. <laughs> Benjamin Gams. Try it again. Look at them legs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Benjamin Games? That's your burlesque name, yes. though. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh. For Joshua Khan and Benjamin Graham, I am CM Alexander, and we will seed you next year. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to March Madness Part 3. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dairy Public Radio and Twitter at Dairy Public. You can also send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. Check out our Patreon page for bonus episodes and early releases, and our Etsy store for Dairy Public Radio and Stephen King merchandise. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.